You're listening to Fedville 411 Podcast, produced by the City of Fedville, where you get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Devin Smith alongside... I'm Sherry Crop. Thanks for joining us for the Fayetteville 411. Today, we have two guests joining us from Fayetteville Area System of Transit. We have uh, Tiffany Neal. She is the director. And we have Don Dula, operations manager. And we really appreciate you coming to be on our show. So we're going to talk about everything fast today. Let's start off uh, with some of the general data, like how many passengers do you serve? What areas do you serve? Um, Don, we'll let you answer that one. Well, Sherry, we are projected to have served um, by June 1st, 2 million passengers. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so tell us about uh, how many routes we have, you know, where do, where do those routes go? Um, what's kind of the, the idea behind why we are sending buses to these places? Well, Devin, we have um, 18 fixed routes. And our fixed route service major areas like Cross Creek Mall, Cape Fear Hospital, Fort Bragg, downtown area, Cedar Creek Road. So our buses just basically take, you know, our customers from one place to another. And those are the major areas that we serve. And so that goes all the way from, I mean, the east side. Uh, do you cover areas of Hope Mills as well? So we do not cover um, Hope Mills. The farthest on Hope Mills that we cover is Hope Mills Road and um, right. yes, Hope Mills Road. So east side all the way over to the west side yes. of Fayetteville. You cover a lot of ground. Yes. Yeah. a lot of mileage. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, th- that's for your fixed bus route. That's correct. Uh, in addition to your fixed route service, I understand you also have some services for people that might have mobility issues. Talk about that. So we have what's called Fast Track, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is for um, passengers that has a disability that cannot get to a bus stop. Their disability will not allow them to get to a bus stop. So it, it's Fast Track is an extension of the uh, fixed route services. So you have to be within a quarter of a mile from the nearest bus stop. It's the application process. You have to be approved for this process. But uh, we uh, provide transportation from them from origin to destination. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And where where will they access that application? So they can um, get that find the application on our website, and also they can come to our location at four five five Grove Street, and they could pick up an application in person. And that's a great service for um, I, I don't want to single out el- elderly Absolutely. people, but people that may not be able to drive that have a doctor's appointment and they have no one to take them to the doctor's appointment, they can call and um, put in that application first of all, and then call and reserve. A, a time that slot, is right? correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that at, are those the only two services as far as fixed route and then fast track? Well, that takes a lot of operators, right? How Ooh. many operators <laughs> does it take to really keep this system going? So it takes, um, I think, a total about sixty operators to um, successfully be able to handle both fixed route and paratransit. On the fixed route, we have a AM shift and we have a PM shift. So um, so about a 60 to 65 operators to, you know, be able to service both, both of the um, services. And what are your hours of operation? So our hours of operations are from 5.30 to 7 p.m. Every Monday day. through Fridays. Um, it starts at 8 o'clock on su- Saturday to 7 and 9 o'clock on Sunday to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, let's talk about um, some of the, the cool things that that uh, Transit has going on, like the Transloc app. Can you talk about that? So the Transloc app is an app that you can download to your cell phone, and it gives you real-time information. So say if you're standing at the bus stop and you're wanting to know how long you can be standing at the bus stop before your bus get there. Well, you can basically go to the um, Transloc, and it'll tell you what time the bus get there, um, what connection it's going to make, um, where it's going. It'll give you all that stuff in real time. That's a very cool app. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the changes and accomplishments that have happened over the last couple of years. So I am so excited. Um, having been in the seat for nine months now um, and then been with the department for a little over five years, we've had some exciting things happen in a short time span. We are actually working on getting some new electric buses um, that should be here sometime this time next year. Uh, we're really excited about that. Five brand new battery electric buses that are going to be 40 foot in length. Um, so we're excited. The charging uh, infrastructure will come along with that as well. And we just had the uh, pleasure of applying for another grant potentially um, that we could receive that will give us a couple of more electric buses and more charging infrastructure. So we're really excited about that. We're also in the process of procuring uh, three 30-foot vehicles. Uh, they're smaller fixed route buses, so it would serve areas like Strickland Bridge Road. You know, we have some challenges trying to get a big 35-foot or a 40-foot bus up and down Strickland Bridge mm -hmm. Road. So we're ordering some smaller 30-foot uh, fixed-route vehicles that would take the place of our LTVs that we currently have, and those are our light transit vehicles that we have. Our light transit vehicles require the operator to get out on the left side. Well, sometimes, especially if you're on Strickland Bridge Road and you have to assist someone with a mobility device using the lift, you have to get out into traffic. Oh, yeah. And so we don't want to do that. So that's what the 30-foot vehicles will do. Uh, we also have just... Um, purchase some two minivans for paratransit. Uh, we currently have three, but we just purchased two more and we have one being delivered really soon. Um, so we're excited about that. And lastly, our transit development plan was completed uh, in August of 22. That's our 10 year long range kind of plan that kind of tells us our direction for the next 10 years. So right now we're in the rebuilding phase of trying to restore everything pre-COVID to pre-COVID yeah. levels again, yeah. right? Um, and so that's kind of where we are. We definitely have had some leadership changes as well. Really excited. Ms. Dula has been promoted to operations superintendent. We just hired a, an assistant transit director, uh, Franklin Barnes, that's coming to us from Charlotte, has a vast array of transit experience. Uh, we've added a analyst and just hired a safety and training coordinator. So it's, it's really some really exciting things going on at transit right now. And lots of things that are happening in the background that we don't see. Yes. And, and you all, the staff, the, the bus drivers make everything happen. They do. And um, let's also mention the beautiful rebranding uh, on most of the buses yes. now. There's still, there's still some old ones that have to, I guess, um, phase out. Yes. But the branding looks beautiful. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned, Tiffany, um, briefly mentioned the COVID time period. Mm -hmm. So that's going to take me into the next topic about the fare reinstatement. We know fares um, were halted yes. uh, due to COVID. Talk about that. 
So in March 2020, uh, we decided to cease the collection of fares, as many transit systems have done throughout the nation. And so uh, Federal Transit Administration was really, really um, gracious enough to give us a lot of um, replacement or replenishment funds so that we did not have to have the operator-customer contact. Mm -hmm. We're trying to alleviate a lot of that. So we have not collected fares in over three years. July 1st, we will reinstate fares. All of our fares will go back to the same prices they were pre-COVID, and those prices can be found on our website. Um, and so we're really excited about that. We have been troubleshooting our equipment to make sure that we can collect fares successfully all over again. Uh, fare boxes have been placed back in fixed route vehicles uh, for those fares. Fast Track has a new pass that we are branding. It will be a punch card pass instead of having a fare box. We experienced some challenges from um, visibility with the operators having fare boxes on vehicles. And so we decided not to put them on vehicles anymore. But our passes will be sold at Carly C's, uh, four Carly C's locations, as well as the Transit Center for customers um, to you know, be able to buy passes with FAST. And they can find all of that information on the website, yes. ridefast.net. Ridefast.net. Absolutely. Can you talk about, you, you, you kind of hinted at this idea of, you know, limiting contact and, and moving into that direction. Um, so talk about how, even though, you know, we're, we're kind of coming out of this idea of the pandemic, where are you still going with this kind of cashless system to, to kind of limit this need for exchange between customers and drivers? Yeah, there was a big boom in transit, um, a big surgence with the uh, cashless fare systems. And so we are just now exploring some different options with that. We've had some vendors come out and do some demos for us. We'd like to have as limited operator and customer contact as possible. And so with the cashless fare system, we would envision that you would be able to use a mobility device, um, a mobile phone tablet, whatever, any type of electronic device to be able to um, present it to the operator. And what that looks like, there are so many variations of that, that um, we're exploring those, whether it's a hard kind of pass, a fair pass card. Mm -hmm. In some larger urbanized systems, they have, <clears throat> excuse me, a fair card. And so that they can use. So we just want to get away from cash as much as possible. But whatever we do, we would do a phased in approach. We wouldn't immediately just stop taking cash immediately. Yeah. And a part of that we have explored uh, getting a consultant to help us to understand uh, what environments and what communities would be disproportionately um, affected by us not taking cash anymore. So we want to look at that because we want to make sure as we transition to choice that we are uh, able to provide a service that everyone in our community can use. Cash, credit, credit cards, mobile devices, we want to be able to have all of those having no barriers to be able to using our public transportation system. Absolutely. So you said a couple of things that I, that I want to, to hit on very quickly because okay. I know time's running out for us. But... One, um, because you're going cashless, it's not doesn't mean that we're limiting interaction. People can still talk to the to the operators and, and get, but it's limiting this this idea of needing to hand them cash, exactly. and so people need to have exact 
uh, exact amount of money if they're going to bring cash onto the bus. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. We strongly encourage that because the buses do not give change back. <laughs> absolutely so, so but right it is not to take away from the human element yeah. of the operator and customer experience absolutely yeah and then the other thing was if you could just briefly uh go into this idea of choice ridership so one of the things that we have seen over the years our data shows us that about 80 percent of our passengers a little more than 80 percent of our passengers actually choose transit because they need transit and if you think about larger urbanized areas atlanta dc baltimore boston they have transit transit is a way of life everybody uses transit so we want to get to that place and so we want no matter if you have a vehicle or not we want to be a transportation that you choose we want you to choose to park your vehicle and come ride with us and if for whatever reason unfortunately you uh, are in a position where you don't have a means of transportation we're still there and so we know getting downtown is sometimes challenging with the limited parking and things like that why not choose us come get on the bus and ride with us sold <laughs> Tiffany uh, or, or Don, let's talk about some of the career opportunities. <clears throat> I know that um, not just FAST, but there are a lot of organizations that have had um, problems hiring CDL or finding CDL drivers. Let's talk about the partnership that you have with FTCC. Yes, we've had a partnership um, about a year now with FTCC, and that's where we actually recruit non-CDL licensed um, uh, applicants that will come in, that will work for us. It's paid training. We put them through the FTCC CDL Class B training program. They go through that program for approximately five weeks, 200 um, training hours. They successfully get their uh North Carolina Class B CDL license, then they have a two-year commitment with FAST. And so, you know, their way of saying thank you to us is uh, committing to being with us for two years. Mm-hmm. And you're always looking for, Absolutely. for drivers. Absolutely. Now, now where can um, people go to find the career opportunities that are available? They can go on our website. Uh, they can also go on the city's website and look under the jobs. And it would be um, listed as a transit operator to trainee. And that's FayettevilleNC.gov slash jobs. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we talked about so much information today. Where can people go back to find all of this information, whether it's about fares, initiatives, different things that FAST has going on? RideFast.net is where you can find everything. We are constantly updating our website. And so um, that's where to find the most up-to-date information. Well, Tiffany, Don, thank you so much for being with us on Fayetteville 411. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Fayetteville 411. The Fayetteville 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fayetteville. We provide timely and informative updates on a variety of topics related to the city of Fayetteville. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fayetteville, available on your favorite podcast streaming platform. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app available on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get more information about city services, go to our webpage at FayettevilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us.